The Christian life is so much more than what we hear from speakers on pulpits and on platforms. It really involves our everyday lives. And at Fall Discipleship Conference, we put together six workshops to equip students with practical skills to walk more closely with God and better glorify Him. In this talk, Eric gives us a snapshot of what life and ministry in the workforce looks like and the pitfalls and opportunities that come with it. Welcome to FDC. Well, hello, everyone. Um, just, just so I get a sense to of where everyone's at, how many of you are, this is your last year in college and you're gonna be working after this? Kind of Are close. Law school is dead. Okay, fair. Okay, cool. So the rest of you still have a little more time in school, but maybe is anyone like does have a job right now? Like, well, okay. And then internships and all that. Great. Perfect. Cool. Well, hopefully this is going to be helpful. And, and you know, really what we're going to talk about today is going to be applicable not only in work, um, it's going to be applicable throughout your life. So um, hopefully everyone will get something encouraging out of this. I'm um, just a little bit about myself. For those of you who don't know me, um, my name's Eric. Um, I have been working now for about seven years. Um, I graduated with a degree in biomedical engineering from USC and then jumped into the workforce and, uh, and been working at the one job for about six and a half years and actually just switched over to a, to a new job. Um, I work now kind of in the tech industry. I'm a senior product manager at a large tech firm um, in the healthcare space. So um, I think I, I've learned a lot in this area of, of workplace evangelism um, and just how to do well at work and how to glorify God. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. I'm definitely still learning a lot. There's, there's always something to learn, right? But I, I, um, through God's grace and just his power, um, I've seen two people come to know Christ through, through my work. Yeah, praise God. That's, that's not a testament to me. That is, that is all um, God's glory. Um, I'm going to share with a lot more uh, gospel testimony, all that. So hopefully today is just, I really wanted to share just some practical things I've learned and some things that have helped me along the way as, as I've learned how to do this better. I think when I was a student, I just had this picture in my mind that um, workplace evangel evangelism was like the big leagues. And it's like, once you kind of graduate, then it's like, okay, now it's the true test. Like, are you really going to do this? Um, are you really going to be able to be effective? And there's, you know, we have, a, we have an emphasis on, uh, on that in challenge. We, we don't want you just to walk with God in college. We want you to walk with God your, your whole life. And so work is going to be a big part of your life, right? Um, probably already is, you know, it's, it's a big part. And so, I don't know, I don't know about you. I went to talks like this one thinking that there is maybe a secret or a key to like, things in the workplace that was different than regular life or college life or whatever. And I think the main thing I want you to realize is really at its core, there, there is no difference. And that's because God is the same. And really it's God who is gonna be the one who moves in people's lives. And there is no effective evangelism or ministry without God. So whether you're reaching out to, to college students, reaching out to people in your workplace, reaching out to your next door neighbor, God is the one who's going to make the difference. So you don't need to like freak out about workplace evangelism. It's really at its core, no difference. Are there some like differences in, in methods perhaps? Sure, sure. And we'll talk about that. But the principle is the same. It's really God who's going to make the difference. So I think to start, I just want to share a, a framework that's just been helpful for me over the years as I've kind of thought about evangelism in the workplace, but, but also just in regular life and that's just taking a, a having a clear picture of our role versus God's role in the whole um, process of being 
uh, people being transformed. So God's role is God's role is to draw people towards himself, convict them of their sin, and change their hearts. Yeah. There's a couple of verses that, that lead us to this conclusion. John 6, 44 says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. You know, unless God is drawing people um, towards Jesus, they're, they're not going to... They're not going to become Christian. First Corinthians three, six through seven, uh, Paul is writing and he says, I planted Apollos, who's a fellow um, Christian, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, only God who gives the growth. So God is the one changing hearts. God is the one convicting people of sin. That, that's not really our role. Our role is to pray for people, love them and share with them. We can't do God's part. You know, we can't change people's hearts. Uh, maybe you think you can convict people of sin, but that's not really effective. That's something that God does through the Spirit. Um, and God really isn't going to do our role. It is our job to pray for people, love them, and share them. And when I say share, it's not just sharing the gospel. It's also sharing your life. Um, part of that is your testimony, but also just befriending people and, and living life with them, right? So I, I want to just kind of break that down. And what does that actually look like? So let's start with prayer. Um, you want to be praying regularly for your coworkers. You want to be praying regularly right now for your classmates, right? People who don't know God yet. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, um, in chapter 1, Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's talking about how Timothy has been, you know, essentially entrusted with the gospel and this amazing truth that... Um, that the gospel is, right? And then in chapter two, he opens it up in verse one through four saying, first of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So you see, God wants everyone to be saved. God wants everyone to know about Jesus and, and the mercy that he extends. And so we are encouraged in light of that to, to pray, to pray for people that they would, you know, that that would happen, that they would come to know Christ. You know, we should be praying that first God does his role, that he is drawing people who don't know Jesus to himself, that he is uh, convicting them of their sin, that he is changing their hearts. Um, we should pray for things that are going on in their lives. Um, part of that is you need to know what is going on in their lives, right? Befriending them praying for what's going on in their lives, praying for opportunities to serve them and opportunities to love them. Um, but prayer should be a regular rhythm of your life in which you are um, praying for your coworkers. And not only your coworkers, right? Everyone that you come across, really. Um, I have made it a habit to pray mostly every day. I'm not perfect on that, but I try to pray every day for a group of coworkers that I'm interacting closely with at work who, who don't know Jesus, that they would um, come to know him, that the Spirit would do a work in their lives, that God would do, you know, his role um, in their lives, and that would be faithful in mine. And, and I, I have been amazed as I've prayed, I really have seen God open doors and, and, and bring traction into those relationships. You know, I, I remember when I started doing that right away, I had an opportunity to share my testimony with one of my coworkers at lunch, like that next week. It's like, wow, like this is immediately opening a door. One person actually came up to me and asked me about my faith because he said, oh, I've been thinking about God a little more recently. <clears throat> You tell me a little bit and that, you know, that, that's really all God's work, right? So pray, pray is the first thing that we need, we need to make sure that as part of our role, we are being faithful and praying for our coworkers as we're going throughout the day. The second part of our role is loving our coworkers, love them, right? 
Um, Jesus says in John 13, 34, 35, if you're from USC, you'll be familiar with this. We've had a whole series on this the past um, month or so. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So we are called to love people as Jesus did. And that's one of the huge ways that we identify as Christ followers. Um, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so we really ought to love our coworkers and not just love them in a superficial way, but really love them as Jesus loved. And there's a lot that that means, right? Um, looking for practical ways to serve them is a big one, helping them on their projects, uh, just helping them in general. One of the things that I did um, kind of at the beginning of the week is I would just wipe down everyone's desk with a Lysol wipe just to help them out because desks can get dirty. Just, just like little things like that where you can really serve your coworkers. Um, Talk to them about their day. Get to know them. That's a big way to show people you love them. You know, I think when you're working, it's very easy just to talk to people about work, right? Hey, do you have that file for me? Hey, can you get me this report? And then you never actually like ask about them about their day, but they're a human being. They have stuff going on. Like maybe something bad happened to them recently. Maybe something good happened that you can celebrate. And so loving them really is getting to know them as a genuine friend, um, learning what they like. One thing that I found very effective is I just got to know everyone at work's favorite snack. And when they had a rough week at work, give them the snack. And it was a small little thing, but you know, a little chocolate bar on their desk, but it really made a big difference. Like it showed that, you know, hey, I care about you more than Hey, just give me that report, right? And I, one word here that I will say, like, I, I'm not playing a giant chess match where it's like, okay, chocolate bar, and then after this, gonna pop in the gospel. Like, I'm not thinking like that. It's like, oh, if they don't accept the gospel, no more chocolate. Like, that's not what I'm doing with this. I'm just trying to genuinely love people and show them that I care about them beyond what they can give me at work and what that looks like. And what that does is you really build trust with that person. You really demonstrate Christ's character, right? I'm sure Jesus would do similar things. Um, there's a lot to this, right? And, and the question comes up, like, what if I'm unsure how to actually love this person? Well, well, that's where you go back to step one. Pray. Pray that God would reveal things. Pray that God would reveal needs that they have. Pray that God would give you opportunities to celebrate them or help them, comfort them, encourage them, whatever that may be. Um, but we need to look to genuinely befriend people. They're not a project, right? Even if they, you share the gospel and they reject it, it's not like the relationship ends. You can still love them and befriend them and, and pray for them. So that's the second part of our role. We pray, we love, and the last part is we share. You know, eventually you have to open your mouth and, and share the gospel, share your testimony, but you also really want to be sharing your life as a, as a whole. You know, um, Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, being affectionately de desirous of you, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our, our own selves because you had become very dear to us. And the church in Thessalonica was just a model church. Like they were doing very well. And part of that is Paul, you know, they were, Paul, they were sharing their lives with Paul and he was sharing his life with them. He wasn't only just sharing the gospel and leaving. He was sharing his whole life, everything about it. 
So there's a lot of different things you can do with your coworkers. You know, as you're getting to know them, you can invite them over for a meal. Um, you definitely should be talking about what God is doing in your life. They ask you about your weekend. What did you do? You went to church. It's not a lie. You did. Right? Hopefully that's a big part of your life. And you can just kind of weave that in as you're genuinely sharing your life. A big thing that uh, I think is really important is sharing community, too. Uh, you know, invite them around your other Christian friends. You know, the more Christians they get to meet, the more and more they see like, hey, maybe there's something to this. The more and more they're exposed to, you know, the depth of relationship that you have with other Christians and just it, it's different. Right. There's something different about it. Um, if you really are loving as Jesus loved. And then, you know, be ready to share the gospel or even the t your testimony when prompted by the Holy Spirit. First Peter 315, uh, Peter writes, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. You know, you ought to be respectful when you share, but like we need to be ready to share. Um, and praying that God would open doors to do that. You know, if there, if, what, what do you do if there's no opportunities coming up? You go back to step one and two. You keep praying. You keep really looking to love them genuinely as Jesus loves them. Whatever you could do. What if you share and they aren't interested? Back to step one and two. You keep praying. You keep loving them. This can be a long, long process. Um, uh, you know, one of the people who I was sharing with, it took four years of sharing constantly, loving, being a friend. Um, eventually I got there, uh, but it took four years. It, it'd be very easy to kind of give up, right? I think sometimes we have this picture in our minds that the gospel sharing event is the climax. You've done all this stuff, and then you finally get to share the gospel. It's like, oh my gosh, this is it. It's happening, right? Then you share it, it's like, what do you think? And they say, ah, oh, okay, interesting. And it's like, well, okay, I guess this whole three years was wasted or whatever it is. That's not how it works at all. Like, you can still pray. You can still love. You can still share with them over time, depending on how they react. Maybe you should wait a little bit. But again, maybe the Spirit will bring something up where you can share again. This is a process. It takes time. Um, the good news and the encouraging news is you are not responsible for the timing on when someone becomes a Christian, and nor are you responsible for the result. Again, God's role. Don't get them confused. God's role is to change people, convict them, uh, draw them to himself. Your role is just to be faithful in praying, loving, sharing. If you're doing that well, being available to God when he brings up opportunities, some very fun stuff can happen. Um, so for me, I try to keep that framework, and I think that's the framework I would encourage you all to just keep in mind as you're going throughout your day. And maybe, you know, I have a little list. Uh, I don't write it out. It's kind of a mental list. Maybe you should write it out if that's better for you. But for each coworker who I, like, closely work with and interact with daily, um, how can I be praying for them? How can I be loving them? And what is, like, the next step to share? Something in my life maybe what, whatever. And I just kind of know that so that as things come up, I'm really looking to do that throughout the workday instead of just kind of, it's very easy to go throughout the day just working on your projects and you forget about, oh wow, like this is a real person that I could be interacting with and, and loving and showing Christ's love too. It's not fancy, right? It's like, everyone could do this. Um, so let me tell you a story of how this has actually played out um, in a guy named Calvin. Um, Calvin was a, a new software engineer at our company. And uh, I know, because I was new once, um, the first day is really hard. You don't know anyone. You don't know what to do. You don't even know if you can like leave for lunch. Like, wh what am I supposed to do? And so I kind of like, not in a creepy way, but I was kind of watching him. And like, I saw him get up to go to the break room and I kind of followed him because I just wanted to start a conversation. And so I did. I said, hey, how's it going? I'm Eric. Introduce myself. Nothing crazy. Like, 
Let me know if you have any questions. Happy to have you on the team. Very simple. And then I started praying. He was about my age, so I knew maybe we could connect. I just started praying for him every single day. God, would you just open doors um, in Calvin's life? Would you be doing your role? Would you give me an opportunity to just befriend him? So over time, again, he's new, so I just kind of messaged him, hey, do you want to get lunch? He said, sure. So we started getting lunch, and we started getting lunch more and more. Almost every day we started getting lunch. Very simple. Um, again, in the background, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. Um, helped him learn the ropes of the company, you know, things like this. Just really practical ways to, to love him. Um, and then I start sharing my life. And as we're talking, we find out we have a lot in common. We both like playing guitar. He actually had an Instagram channel where he would do covers and stuff. So we talked about guitar and things like that. Um, he, uh, he, you know, I invited him over to my place uh, to have dinner and hang out outside of work. Um, I got, to, got him around other Christians. Um, I was very fortunate in my uh, first company that I had other believers who were working with me. Um, who actually went to our church. Um, actually referred them for the job, so that was pretty cool. Um, but that was cool, so I got him around Richard. A lot of you know, some of you know Richard, right? I got him around Richard, too, and Richard started befriending him. They started working out, like, twice a week or something like that. And so he started seeing more and more community, started coming to church, and all again, all in the background, we're praying. Me and Richard, we're praying, 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 looking for opportunities to practically love him. And one day, he, we're just talking, he says, you know, I've never really read the Bible, but I would love to, I'm kind of interested in it. So like, great. Like, would you like to read the Bible with me? <laughs> right? And so we start getting lunch, and then we're also reading the Bible, and all these things are happening. And finally, we start reading John. Then finally, one day, he comes to me at work. He's like, I have news for you. I'm like, oh, really? He's like, I'll tell you at lunch. I'm like, all right. So it's very dramatic, right? And um, we come up to lunch. He's like, I, I became a Christian. I was like, what? When did this happen? I didn't even get, I wasn't even the one who, like, was the last person to share with him. It was Richard. They were working out. After working out, they started talking about the gospel. And for some reason, it hit a different way. And the spirit did its work. And, and Calvin became a Christian. Uh, and, you know, and after that, we, we kept reading together and kept, you know, trying to establish him as um, Brian was talking about. But see, we didn't do anything fancy or, or creative. Like we were just really looking to love Calvin because he was a new coworker who didn't know anything. And we wanted just to befriend him. And we were praying and God really came through. God did the work, worked in Calvin's heart, um, opened his eyes and, and, and he became a Christian. So th this really does work when you're being faithful in it. You have to be faithful in it, right? Like I could do some amazing things. So this is kind of the framework I really want us to keep in mind as you're going through work and not even like you could do this now, right? You could pray, love, share with your classmates, with your neighbors, roommates, whoever. It's something you can use your whole life. But now let's kind of pivot and let's talk more about work specifically because as I mentioned, there are some there's some differences. I've kind of broken this up into three categories of things I wish I knew, or maybe I didn't know, but I didn't quite appreciate. Things I wish I knew going into work and just the workplace and how ministry works in the workplace. And I've broken up into three kind of categories, work itself, time, and then temptation, different temptations that come up in work. So let's start with the work itself. I think sometimes we can have the mindset that the real purpose I'm at work is to share the gospel, and my work is kind of, meh, secondary. As long as I'm sharing the gospel, we're good. I really do not think that is a biblical view of work. Um, I think your purpose at work is to glorify God in all areas. Sharing the gospel, reaching out is part of that, but your work is part of that too. 
1 Corinthians 10.31, we see whether you eat or drink or whether uh, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything. That includes your work. That includes being salt and light to others, right? And sharing and, and loving and what we just talked about. Um, but the truth is, you, you were hired or going to be hired to, to do a job. Um, maybe you're an engineer, a doctor, front desk worker, artist. It, it doesn't matter. You are hired to do some sort of job. The prestige doesn't matter. The title doesn't matter. Whatever you do has, has value and dignity and is important to God. Um, so you ought to do your job well. We see this in Colossians 3, um, 22 to 24. It says, bond servants, workers, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, your boss, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. Knowing that you are from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So whether you're an engineer, a doctor, a musician, working at Chick-fil-A, it doesn't matter. That work you are doing is actually serving Christ. It's an important thing. It's not trivial at all. You know, the first job I had out of, or not out of college, but in college, I was doing a student job. I was working at the USC Shoah Foundation. They um, preserve uh, Holocaust testimonies. They've recorded all these testimonies of survivors of the Holocaust. Um, but they've recorded them on older um, mediums, VHS and stuff like that. So they're starting to do great. Um, and part of my job was going through frame by frame all these different testimonies. And whenever there was a visual artifact, so the film is degrading, there's like a little green dot or something in the corner flash, I would delete that frame. That was my job. Scroll through and delete frames for eight hours or whatever, however long I was working. Feels kind of like, what the heck am I doing, right? But according to Colossians, that is serving Christ. There's a lot of value in that, right? It's a big thing. So I think I think if we get into that mindset of I'm just here to share the gospel and nothing else matters, I think we can fall into a trap, you know, because your boss didn't hire you to share the gospel. He hired you to be an engineer. And so you may not have a job very long if you're just focused on, well, I'm just going to connect with coworkers all day and not actually do my job. There's, a, there's this great book um, that I read I'm a little after I started working by Timothy Keller called Every Good Endeavor. And it just talks about how God really intends for us to bring order into world, order into the world and create society. Um, you know, we need engineers. We need, we need someone working at Chick-fil-A. We need all these jobs to just, you know, it's really a way to bless each other, right? And it's also a way to honor God in how we work. The work you do matters at work. Um, and in addition to that, the quality of your work is going to directly impact your ministry. You see in Proverbs 22, 9, it says, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not uh, stand before obscure men. And the idea is, you know, a king, that's someone who has a lot of influence. And so the person who is really skilled at their job, they get influence. And that's what we want, right? Not for selfish reasons, but so that we can speak truth into people's lives. What was that reference? Uh, Proverbs 22:29. 29. Um, you know, your coworkers, what are they going to respect? They're going to respect, if you're an engineer, someone who's good at engineering. If you're an artist, they're going to respect someone who's a really good artist, right? That's what they respect. They're not going to listen to someone who doesn't earn their respect first. Um, and, and thinking about it, it's, it's thinking about pray, love, share, right? One of the ways you're really going to love your coworkers is by doing your job well. So they can't, uh, you know, otherwise someone has to do the job. They're going to have to pick up your slack. 
they're not going to like that if you're the one always dropping it, right? Always dropping the ball. Um, that's a really obvious way to love coworkers is by doing well and making sure you don't drop balls, making sure you're always on top of things. You're gonna mess up, like, you're gonna mess up all the time. I mess up all the time at work. So part of it too is having the, the guts and the courage to fess up when you mess up and really make things right and claim responsibility and, and make it right too. But the quality of your work really is gonna matter um, because people are watching you. Not in, again, not in a weird way, but when you work with someone for eight to nine hours every single day, day in and day out, you get to learn a lot about them. You get to learn who is on YouTube all the time. You know. You get to learn people's like bathroom habits, like, oh, they're like going for their, you know, mid-afternoon bathroom trip. It sounds weird, but it's really true. You really get to see people because you're with them all the time. And so they're gonna know if you're really working or not. They're gonna know how you handle work. Um, this isn't to put pressure on yourself. This is just for you to be aware. It really does matter. And of course, God sees that anyway. So if you're really trying to glorify God, this is a no-brainer, right? We should be really trying to do our work excellently. Um, Colossians 3.22 again says, you know, the goal isn't people-pleasing. The goal isn't just to look good and then kind of goof off in the background. The goal is really to glorify God because you are serving Christ at work. Now, every workplace is different. Some maybe allow a little more leisurely conversation. I don't know. I'm not saying, you know, stare at your screen for eight hours and never blink. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. Um... But what I am saying is, is, is the quality of your work matters. First to God, should be more important than anything, but it also is gonna give you influence or take it away if, if you do, don't do it well. Uh, a great just kind of vision for, for me that I've used throughout the years on what this looks like is uh, Joseph, the story of Joseph in Genesis. Um, you know, Joseph is a slave in Potiphar's house. Not the most glamorous job, horrible job, right? His life is basically over. He's a slave. And what does he do? He works really hard. He glorifies God. He doesn't let that change the quality of his work. And as a result, he gains a lot of influence with Potiphar. Then what happens? He gets thrown in prison for something he does, didn't do. Does the same thing. His life's over again. But no, he works really hard. He glorifies God and ultimately um, is given influence and, and a big role to play in God's story. Um, in Genesis 39, 6, it, it describes Joseph like this. Um, so he, being Potiphar, left all that he had in Joseph's charge. And because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. So Potiphar was able to hand anything to Joseph and know that it would get done and get done well. I think that's the type of employee we should want to be. You know, if I try to be, if Eric has something, he's going to get it done. And if not, you know, if he messes up, he's going to talk to me about it. You know, that's what I really want to do. And I found that when I'm kind of that kind of employee, I really do get more opportunities to speak truth into people's lives. There's a, there's a trust there. There's a re mutual respect there. I do want to add, though, a comment here, because I think sometimes we hear or think that you have to be the best at your job to really have a ministry. I don't know if you've heard that or thought that. I think, I think you need to be careful when you're thinking about that, because the truth is, for me, there are more talented people who do my job at my company. There are smarter people. I'm not the smartest. I'm okay. Like, I do pretty good, I think. I do my best. But I'm not the smartest. Like, and in addition to that, I have other priorities other than work. Work is not my life. I really want to be um, involved in our church, right? I want to be um, involved with all you in Christian Challenge. That takes time. So there's, you know, I just can't work the extra hours that other people who work is their life, they are able to work. Really, work is their idol. Um, 
So I think, you know, the truth is I really can't compete with that. Like if someone is working 12 hours every day and there are people like that, um, I can't compete with that. Like I can't produce as much as they produce. I could do my best, but they may get promoted over me because my boss loves them putting in 12 hour work days. Uh, you may not be able to be the absolute best in your role. So rather than kind of think about that, because I think the temptation then is, well, I just got to work more, right? And then you can kind of get sucked in and, and spend all your time at work and, and not be faithful in the other things. Remember, the goal is to glorify God in all areas of life, not just work. Um, you ought to glorify God at church and um, when you have a family with your family. Um, so what I try to do is I think of it more of how can I be the best with the resources I've been given. Um, in, in Matthew 25, Jesus, uh, starting in verse 14, Jesus shares the parable of the talents. And in the parable, parable of the talents, one person produces 10 talents and one produces five. And mathematically, 10 is better, right? That person did better. That's what we think. But the master in the story says that all were faithful, both of them were faithful. Faithfulness is the goal at work. You don't have to be the absolute best comparatively. You have to be the best with what you've been given. Um, that is what that's what matters, because then you can glorify God in all areas. So when you're at work for those eight or nine hours, whatever it is, you should work super hard. You should really give your best. You should try to do things with excellence. And again, when you mess up, clean it up. And then when you go home, you should glorify God. You know, you should look to serve at your church, be a part of a small group, um, spend time with your coworkers, all these different things. Reach out to them. Don't get into that trap of I must be the absolute best at my work because any work may may consume you and take over and you, you don't want that. So that's work. And the next one is time. Time is a little different after college. It's not like you gain an extra hour or lose an extra hour, um, but you are much more busy. No one believes that. No one believes it. You're like, I don't have homework anymore. What possibly could I be doing if I'm not studying and doing homework? But I mean, think about it. You're at work for eight hours, probably more, probably nine. Um, you're commuting to work, probably if you're lucky, another hour and a half. Um, you have to eat, you have to do grocery shopping, you have to do your laundry, you have to do shower, you have to shower, you have to get, go to the bathroom. There's all these different things. Then you have to go to a Bible study. Then you have to go to church in the morning. Hopefully you're serving at church. Hopefully you're having time with God in the morning. There's just so much stuff that goes on. And you know, I haven't even gotten to kids yet. Jeremy could speak to that. It's even a, a, other, a whole nother level when you have kids. Um, there's a lot going on. You're going to be really busy. Not to scare you, like, oh my gosh, like, I'll just never leave college now. But just so you're aware, like, it's not like this idealized world, like, yes, like, after work, I just, like, am in paradise all the time. No, you have a lot of stuff to do. And the truth is, your coworkers also will have a lot to do. So you have to be much more intentional in scheduling time with them if you really want to reach out to them outside of work. Um, there, there's, in college, it's very easy to say, hey, what are you doing tonight? Nothing. Okay, let's go hang out, right? Um, what are you doing? Studying? Nah, study later. Like, all right. You know, like, it's very easy to do that. It's much harder. Like, if you, if I were to pull up my calendar, I'm pretty much booked every weekend till Christmas in doing various things. It fills up. Um, that's because I'm trying to be intentional, right, and schedule time with people. Um, but you really do have to be more intentional. And so part of that, too, is since you don't have as much free time as you think, the small moments at work are really going to matter and add up. They're really going to matter. 
So you really want to take advantage of the, the little things. For example, I had a coworker named Vinay. Vinay and I sit next, next to each other. And so I usually got into work earlier. Um, so I'd be you know, listening to music, doing my work, and he would come in and I would take off my headphones, pause everything I'm doing, and just talk to him for like five minutes. Not that much, five minutes. Hey, Vinay, how are you doing? What were you up to yesterday? What did you have for dinner? All that kind of stuff. Little things like, small like that. Um, and we did that every single day for, for a year, maybe even longer, I don't know. And our relationship really grew from that. It's surprising, you don't think that it would, but over the, over the time, you know, investing, 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 you know, we, we became really good friends. We were more than just business partners and next door neighbors at work. Um, you know, we, we started talking about food. So one day we're like, hey, we should try out this ramen place. And we got ramen outside of work. Um, you know, little things like that started happening. We developed a real friendship. Eventually I was able to share my testimony with him in the gospel. Um, again, after praying, loving and sharing, right? Um, you know, I was inspired to do this uh, by one of my friends who said that he did this as one, one guy in his office and that, and that person said, you're my best friend in the office. And all I did was five minutes a day say, hey, how's it going? Because a lot of times people don't do that. It's like, hey, where's that report? <laughs> right? Like, hey, like it's stuff like that. But rather get to know them, like in those small little moments, genuinely befriend them. That's that's loving them, right? That's really loving them as, as a person. They're not your project. I remember when Benet uh, completed his first little project, I got him his favorite candy. I'm just run alone up. Congrats on your first project. It went a long way. There's, there's these little things you can do that really show you really care about that person. And hopefully you're genuinely doing that. Again, this isn't a giant chess match where it's like, okay, I'll give him the chocolate, then he'll be interested in the gospel. Like, I really cared about him and wanted to bless him. And then obviously it did lead to getting to share the gospel. Um, another big one for, for time at work is going to be lunch. Your lunch hour or whatever it is is going to be key for getting to know people. Because that's time when you don't have to be working and you can kind of just talk and hang out. Um, so th there's going to be a temptation for you to just eat at your desk. Maybe you have a company that the culture is just, we just skip lunch and eat at our desk. Best you can, don't do that. Really invite people like, hey, let's, let's take a break and let's just eat. Maybe just 30 minutes, let's just eat because you'll have a lot of great time with them over that. And everyone loves food. Um, I, I established a tradition at my office, Food Truck Friday. And every Friday we would walk, you know, about a mile down the block and uh, there's these food trucks and we would just get food on Friday. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of testimony and gospel conversations happened as we were walking to get um, any other sharing life conversations, right? Just getting to know people outside of the office. There's something when you're in the office where you're just always talking about work, work, work. But when you get out, they're normal people, right? They have hobbies and, and dreams and goals, and you can really learn that. So take advantage of things like lunch um, and other times like that where you can really build rapport and, and build genuine friendship. Um, the, the last thing I want to say about time is that in general, this is a generalization, but ministry tends to move a little slower. Now, God can do whatever he wants. God can move on any timeline he wants. But in general, people tend to be more set in their ways. You're a little more busy, so you probably have a little less time to spend with people. Um, so so it, it may seem like things are going slower, and that's maybe an adjustment you have to make. Um, like I said, in seven years, I've seen two people come to know Jesus. Um, that's great. Like, I'm super sorry. Praise God for that. Um, this shouldn't be a discouragement for you, just really an encouragement to really focus in on your role. Keep praying. Be diligent in that. Keep loving. Be diligent in that. Keep sharing. And the last kind of area I want to talk about is temptation. Temptation that will really derail your ministry and can really derail your walk with God in general. The first temptation is to treat your coworker as a competition 
or just a business partner. I already talked a little bit about the business partner side, but if you think about it, if you're, you know, your your coworkers going up for the same promotion you are, right? They're, they're maybe gonna get the more prestigious project over you. And it is so easy to start viewing them as that is like my, my competition, that is my enemy. You know, that maybe you can help them out on a project, but well, I wanna look good so that my boss likes me more. Uh, you start viewing them differently. Or again, if they're just a business partner, like that person is just my reports person. They just give me my data and then we go on our way. But they're, they're a human being, right? Like Jesus would not view them like that. He views them very differently. We ought to do that too. Um, we need to view them as, as precious creations that God has made. Um, so we ought to be rooting for them, looking to help them. Um, really, the mission is more important than our promotion. Right, so if there's an opportunity to help them out with a project, do it. That's a great way to love them and serve them. Um, the next temptation is is kind of related, but it's it's just focusing on yourself during work. You're going to be super busy. You're going to have a lot of things to do at work. Um, that's normal. Everyone's going to have that, right? So I think the temptation is someone sends you a notification, hey, can you send me over something? The temptation is I'll mark that as unread and I'll get to that when I finish my thing. Um, and then you come back a week later and they're like, where is my thing? Like, oh, sorry, I forgot. It's marked. It's unread in my inbox. I didn't see it, right? Um, don't do that. Help your coworker first. We need to put the needs and interests of others above our own, right? What a great way to do it when they need something. You just kind of put your stuff down and, and do it. I really try to do that at work. Not perfect at it, but I really try to just kind of drop my stuff. And if someone needs something, or even if someone just sends me a message, try to quickly get back to them so that they can get going on their day, right? It's a great way to love people. And it also glorifies God. And it also starts to build trust and rapport because they know like we can go to Eric for things and he'll get it done. Um, so don't focus just on yourself at work. The next temptation I think is focusing on yourself after work. Because the reality is you're gonna be pretty tired. Um, work is hard. Um, it is not easy to work eight or nine hours a day. Um, my wife and I joke about this. Um, you can always kind of tell when people, it's their first job out of college because they're at the coffee pot at like 4 p.m. just trying to get through the last hour. Um, it's because it, it is an adjustment. It will be an adjustment going from, you know, the kind of a rhythm of college to you got to be on for eight hours working, right? Um, so the temptation there is just going home and doing nothing. Sounds great. Like, I, I do it sometimes. You know, just turn on TV, watch sports, play video games, just kind of not want to do anything because you're, you're tired. And it's understandable, but, you know, what that really leads to is you can really take yourself out of the mission pretty quick. Um, one, you can... You know, if you're not taking time to outside of work, spending time with your, your, your coworkers, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities there. But the other thing is you can take yourself out of community, yeah. right? It, it does take time to invest and you ought to invest in your Christian relationships, too. You ought to be serving at church, getting around older believers who can help you, investing in younger believers. That That's going to take time. And it's so easy just to think, I'm so exhausted right now from work. I just, I, I can't. And slowly kind of people, people drop off. I, I've seen it, you know. People either spend all their time at work 
um, and kind of neglect quiet times, let community fade away, stop memorizing verses, all these great things that really help us as believers. Um, or they get so tired that they just prioritize the relaxing stuff, the video games, sports, sitting, staring at the wall, whatever it is for you. Um, so what I would encourage you is, it is going to be difficult. You will be tired. But really prioritize that time with God every day and that time with other believers because if people aren't pouring into you you're going to have nothing to pour out into your coworkers, and, and you're just not going to have a ministry um, you know we really need to rely on God to give us the energy everyone's capacity is going to be a little different hopefully it's stretching it should be stretching for you um, but, but there is a huge temptation just to drop out of community and it's not like you just stop believing in God these people still go to church right they're still like believers but you can really tell that Someone who in college was very focused on mission and really God was really using. I've seen it. People just kind of drop off and not really doing as much as they were before. And it's not because they're bad people. It's really because they just aren't prioritizing the time with God and time in community. And that's going to be really important for you as you are trying to reach out to, to your coworkers. So don't let that happen to you. I want to end just by talking a little bit about what can I be doing now? None of you are in the workplace right now. It's fall. You still got a little time, even the ones who are graduating. Um, what I would encourage you is, one, you can put pray, love, share into action right now with your classmates, with anyone you meet. You can put that. That's, that's something you can put into practice the rest of your life. But the other thing I would really recommend you do is start praying for your future job. Not in a specific sense, like, please, God, get me a job at Boeing. Like, not like that. I think people tend to get twisted up about that, like, is this the right job? I think rather what you should be doing, what I found very helpful, is praying more for the kind of atmosphere you want at work that's going to be really conducive for you to, to build relationships. So, for example, for myself, I really prayed a lot that, one, God would give me a workplace with people my age. It's a little harder to reach out to like your 50 year old boss. Can you do it? And can you? Yeah, God, again, God is in control of that. Um, but it, I will say it is a little easier to build rapport with peers. Um, so I prayed a lot that God, would you just put me in a workplace where there are people who I can really connect with? I prayed a lot that God, would you put me in a workplace with people who have similar interests? You know, I love board games. Please put me around people who like board games, like this kind of you know, sports and stuff. Um, I prayed for a workplace that would allow me to do Christian challenge. You know, this is this is a huge time commitment commitment for me. Like coming coming to campus after work, I love it, but it is a time commitment. So I had to work at a workplace that would be pretty flexible with my schedule. So I. When I started, I was working 7 to 3.30 so I can get on the campus before people left. Um, and that, so I was praying that God would give me something conducive for that. That really chopped off a lot of places for my work uh, uh, that I was applying to. You know, I studied biomedical engineering, and a lot of the jobs there are in San Diego, Irvine. But if I wanted to be part of USC Christian Challenge, I had to lop off the bottom part of the state there and just focus on L.A. jobs. Um, it really, though, helped me align my heart before I got any offers to, to what really mattered. Because your, your work is important, like I said, but what really matters is that you are able to really glorify God through it. And so I had, uh, I had a job offer coming out of college. Um, and I, I went to the office. I was about to sign the paperwork. And they said, we really want you to start in uh, June. 
And I said, oh, I can't, I can't because I was scheduled to lead uh, our mission trip to Germany that year. And it was in June. And so I said, oh, well, I, I can't do that. I can start in July. Happy to work like earlier, but I, I just told them, I'm leading this mission trip. It's really important to me, so I can't do that. And they're like, oh. So I was like, oh, and they're like, that might be a problem. Was, and they're like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I, I can't. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to the CEO and we'll see what, we'll see what he says. Um, and that was in uh, May. So kind of at the deadline of, I need a job. Um, student loans are coming, right? I, I'm about to be kicked out of Bonsalo where I was living. Um, it was... Um, uh, it was a scary thing. I remember the hardest thing was calling my parents and telling them, they're like, so, so like what happened? I was like, oh, I passed. Like, what? My dad's like, this is your future. And I just said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this is what God wants me to do. Why was I able to do that? Because I'd been praying that whole year, God, like, please help me just discern where you want me and what I really need. And, and for me, it was very obvious. If that workplace was not gonna allow me to do this thing with, with challenge, it wasn't the workplace God had for me. Um, that was not easy. Um, that was painful. Um, a verse that really helped me through that, and, and one that I kind of share with people who are job searching, is, is Proverbs 21.1, which is, uh, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. And the truth is, God can give you any job he wants. Any job, even if you blow the interview, God can give you that job. He can give you favor with any employer. Um, so, so what you really need to do, and what is super helpful is just praying and getting your heart aligned with what is important. Is it going to be going cross country to get that extra money? Or is it going to be really investing in a community that you have right now in college where you can continue to grow? You know, sometimes people just like leave like, you know, do crazy things because they're chasing a job. But, you know, we as believers, we want to really prioritize following God, being part of community, being in a situation where we can really grow and learn and be light to others. So when you get to your job search, some of you are already there. It's daunting. It's scary. It's frustrating. Um, really just give that to God. And in my experience, you know, I just switched jobs again uh, recently, like I said, and feeling that God really wanted me to move on to something else. And I had a similar situation where I had two offers and one was a ton more money, <laughs> a lot more benefits, but it was all remote. And for me, the reason I wanted to change was because my current company kind of went remote and I wasn't able to do these little things give the snacks, connect with coworkers. You can to an extent. It just wasn't the same. And, and I was just feeling like I really want to be in an environment where I can do that well. So got got this other offer for a more hybrid role where I get to go into the office um, every now and then. And uh, less money, worse benefits. But I chose that one because my heart was really aligned with the mission of what God wants. So I really, it, it, it takes a while to get there. Um, and it's hard, right? And you probably have voices in your ears, your parents, all these different things. Really take the time now before you have offers, before you're even interviewing. Maybe you're interviewing already, but um, to pray and get your heart focused on what really, really matters. Um, workplace ministry can be hard. Um, I don't know how you feel right now. Maybe you're daunted. Hopefully you're encouraged. Um, uh, hopefully you're excited. I, I, you know, I, I, th I think what I want to encourage you in is that if you really are focused on your role, pray, love, and share. 
um, really making yourself available to God, he can do some amazing things. So, so I'll leave you with this verse and then we can uh, open up for questions. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Um, By grace, you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As believers, we have received this amazing grace that God has given us through Christ. Um, it's not our own doing. It is a gift of God. All the glory goes to him. You know, we're not boasting about it, right? But as a result of that, why has that happened? God has prepared works for us that we should walk in them. And I really, you know, if you spend a lot of time at work, that's going to be a big part of what God wants to do in your life, give, giving him glory through how you work and how you treat your coworkers. Again, if you really do that, I, I really have seen it, um, not only in my life, in, in many people's lives, that God really, God really uses people like that, and um, he can do a lot of really cool things. So that is all I have. Um, do you all have any questions? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. No questions? All right. Well, then let me pray, and we can go to dinner. God, uh, first of all, thank you that you've saved us. Thank you, God, that we can even be here talking about these things um, because of your work in our lives. You, you have done your role in our lives. You've convicted us, changed us, drew us to yourself. And thank you for all the people who faithfully shared with us along the way, prayed, loved, and shared with us. God, I really pray that... For everyone in this room, when they get into the workforce, whatever that looks like, even if they have jobs now, even in the classroom now, which is essentially their workplace, I pray, God, that you would help them be faithful with their role. Give them clear things to pray for. Give them clear opportunities to love people. Give them clear opportunities to share. And Lord, I really do thank you that we get a role to play in this amazing redemptive work that you are working. So I pray, God, that you would really help them, comfort them as they look for jobs. Um, pray that you would lead them very clearly to the jobs you want them to have and in that that they would really glorify you through how they work and how they treat their coworkers. so thank you god so much that we get to do this thank you so much god for who you are we love you and i praise you thanks for listening to the usc christian challenge podcast you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms where you can also leave us a review we meet in person every thursday night at 7 30 p.m in tcc 450 on the campus of the university of southern california if you're in the area, we would love to see you there. Get involved and find out more about us, upcoming events, and weekly small groups on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.